This is Carter with Studio House Project, and you were listening to the Local Earshot Podcast. Hey guys, we got an artist out of Tulsa today on our show. Uh, his name is Carter Combs. He is with the Studio House Project. They've been around, uh, looks like about three years now. Um, they've got one album out. It's a self-titled album, Studio House Project. Uh, we're going to play them a couple songs off of this one, and currently they are working on their second album. That's to be determined, the title and the release date, but they are in the studio hashing out ideas. So uh, give them a listen, Studio House Project, and uh, if you feel froggy to donate to the local Earshot podcast, Jonathan's going to tell you how you can do that. Jonathan? All right. Uh, if you want to donate to the podcast, you can go to the local earshot.com uh, slash donate, or uh, you'll see a tab that says donate. We take uh, crypto or we take Cash App or Vitmo. Um, if you are an artist and you want to be on the show, then you can hit me up at john at the local earshot.com, or you can hit up Brad on Instagram and he can make contact with you and we can get you uh, scheduled out and everything. But we uh, would prefer, like, you know, just bring some music, give, a, give us some stuff to uh, kind of give an idea of who you are and how you sound and all that good stuff. Um, and then we just thank everybody for listening for this episode. Um, and uh, we're about to enter the interview. So, all right, guys, we'll see you all on the other side. I distort myself, but you helped. I distort myself, but you contributed. I distort myself. Damn, I distort myself, but you contributed. I distort myself, but you helped. Damn, I distort myself, but you contributed. I distort myself. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. Well, I'm here today with Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. All right. We got a uh, guest in the house coming from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Am I right? Yes, sir. All right. We got Carter with the Studio House Project. Um, how are you today, man? Doing good. Doing good. This is uh, pushing my... I've been I've been falling back on my sleep schedule, so this is like... <laughs> as you can see, I got my coffee in my hands right now, so... Oh, man. Uh, it so, uh, hey, leading into that, uh, is this? Uh, do you do you get to do this full time, uh, being a musician and all that kind of stuff? As of lately, yeah, it's been um, it's been music and everything touching music. Like I'll I'll find a sound gig here and there too, just to you know try to keep keep my keep my bag up. But yeah, yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of a different a lot of different things all at once. So I've kind of every time someone asks me what I do for work, I always kind of tell them. I'll just say music, but then I'll also <laughs> say it's basically just multiple side gigs. It's like a ton of side gigs. You know, that's that's the world I'm kind of getting into myself. Uh, I got yeah. laid off in February. The contract where we were where I was working ended, and and they gave us our papers. And I'm like, well, what do I want to do? So well, I, we'd already started the podcast. That was already in my back pocket, and right. And then someone asked me if I wanted to play guitar in a band again. And there I'm like, go. hey, I guess I got time for that. And now all this other stuff's <laughs> yeah. happening. So, uh, hey, yes. let's just chase this down and see where it goes. Seriously. <laughs> I used to do a pod, or not do a podcast. I used to edit podcasts as my job. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah. So this is familiar space. I haven't been, I haven't done something like this in a minute. But uh, yeah, I used to, I used to work for a company named Rant 9 Productions out of Tulsa. 
uh, an edit podcast. So very cool. This is, so this is a weird deja vu moment right now. <laughs> well, one thing we're we're learning uh, doing this is is the idea that me and Jonathan and we had another guy came into Wilson uh, was just out of love for music in general, but certainly just you know when we see a talented local musician and there's a lot of them in Oklahoma that yeah. it's like man, if, if people just saw or heard what I saw or heard, this person would be on the radio, you know, but uh, it's just hard to get that out there. So we, we built this kind of on a, a love of, you know, maybe we can build a platform to help these artists get that out there. And, uh, yeah. you know, if anything else, we just create a nice big old family here between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, and we can have our, our musician brothers and sisters and just throw on a big party every now and then. That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. No, it's cool that you guys are doing this. It's uh, it's definitely definitely surreal, or not surreal, but, like, there are so many elements that go into, like, any artists getting really any any real attention and yeah. or, like, real, like, success from doing what they do. Uh, especially on a money level, like yes. you're talking about, like just getting paid. Well, like, and, and it's nuts. that's a big uh, thing with with where we're at with the podcast is is we work on the value for value, and uh, Jonathan uh, he he'll explain that in better detail later. Um, but at every level, there's an exchange of value. Yeah. Uh, basically, we always say that Sorry, uh, an, an exchange of money yeah. is actually more like the lower lowest common denominator of of a value exchange. Um, but when it comes to a show like this and music and it's like a lot of people just don't even realize the other aspects of a live gig. Like it's more than just the four guys on that stage making noise. You know, that's yeah. what the spotlight is, but you have management, you have administration with the the venue side, then you have merch, you have all these different things that come in to this to make it what it is. That's something we're kind of just trying to create a network of our own people that if, if someone wants to put on a show, we can, we can help, you know, whether it's yeah. from the artists or the management or the, you know, whatever, that's just what we want to do. Cause we know there's a lot of talent in this state. Otherwise Nashville wouldn't come over and headhunt it and take the songwriters all over to Tennessee. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tulsa's definitely got Tulsa's definitely got something going on too. Oh, which man. I think it's it's interesting because I feel like people have been saying that for a really long time, but it's I don't know. It's well, like I I'm I'm pretty young, so I haven't been here since like the early two thousands or the nineties or anything like that. But you know, everyone's been saying it's the new Austin for a really long time and like <laughs> for I remember too back long. back when I was too in long. Tulsa. When I was in college in Tulsa, all we ever did was we'd drive to Pool Hall and just drive around because we'd just like drive around the little city and stuff and like tailgate and shit. But there was like not much going on. Yeah. But I mean, there's Tulsa versus Oklahoma City, though, I would say. Um, and we've heard it from several artists uh, here that they go to Tulsa on a Tuesday night to play a gig because there are people that actually get out to see live music on a Tuesday night in Tulsa, more, way more so at least than you would see on an Oklahoma show. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not too familiar with like OKC's music scene, but I, I know for a fact that here it's, 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 yeah, it's, it lives and breathes. It's always going on. I mean, there's places like Mercury Lounge. They, they, in the last like five years, they have just like gotten way more serious about their music and every single day they've got music there. And then there's, Guys like uh, there's a few guys there like Dane, Dane and the Soup will play there pretty frequently, and a guy named Johnny Molinax who's like a ridiculous guitar player. Like a, I, I don't even like I, I don't even I, I don't think I've seen anybody as good at guitar in my life oh. other than like 
challenge challenge accepted we got a guy down here named ron Ron ramsey Ramsey. holy Uh, shit okay okay (laughs) maybe we can hook them two dudes up and we can have a battle let's start some beef let's start some beef on this podcast oh yeah if hollywood does it does fucking why can't we i was talking shit the other day i don't know yeah y'all gotta fucking go go figure that out man well tell us a little bit about this uh it, uh, the studio house project man i'll be honest with you it's been a pretty hectic couple of weeks I, I i did a little dive into your bio and picked up some details but i don't i didn't really get a chance to go uh, real deep so all good um correct me if i'm wrong this is the how i interpret it is you, you're in a band but you also run a uh is it, do you run the recording studio or recording the project records so yeah project records is still kind of in, in its like infancy phase uh I'll, I'll start with the band. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah, go ahead yeah. and give the whole stri- uh, trajectory of this thing. So I met a kid in high school named Brennan Marcotte, who um, he's our trumpet player. He's our, he's our trumpet player, but he's also kind of just like a, a mind. Like, I mean, he works on, he works on everything. Um, he was one of those kids that uh, like he was the band uh, drum major in our, at our high school. And it was pretty small high school with, you know, like most classes, it was like a hundred kids. But big, um, a big picture guy, he sees all all of the elements there. Yes, yeah, for sure. You like whenever he became whenever he became a drum major that summer beforehand, uh, he learned like how to play every horn instrument because he was just like, I want to be able to try to help like all the other students like do what they need to do. Um, and so we we had a band in high school that just kind of we tried to put it together and then it fell apart but like we were always listening to music and hanging out and uh then after my freshman year of college I told him I was like because we both went to NSU at Tahlequah and he was in the jazz band and then like whenever he went to college he'd gotten all the exposure into jazz music and stuff like that which you know those dudes jazz music is like if 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 you take jazz musicians and you tell them to play rock music, it's like the best. <laughs> like if you tame them enough, you yeah, know, but get yeah, them into the big if. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. If you can tame them, if you can tame them and get like all it, it and tame them as in get the egos in check, get them just being like, look, we're playing Zeppelin, right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> like just get wrap your mind around that. Um, then you can get some pretty crazy stuff out of it. And so that uh that summer after my freshman year of college i told him i was like hey i want to record an album we've been talking about doing this for years let's just do it let's just throw something up against the wall and see what happens uh and so he he and i kind of wrangled a group of like guys that we were hanging out with in college uh and then so this is kind of what formed the name our uh my parents were going to be moving into this home on the other end of Inola. That's where we grew up, Inola, Oklahoma. And so they were going to build this house. Uh, they had land. They were going to build this home. Uh, and for some reason, they thought it was a good idea to move into a smaller home right by that land, just so they could, I guess, be by the property or whatever. So they bought this home, and it was just this essentially empty house for like a month. And so I told them, I was like, hey, can we use this to record? Like you guys aren't going to move in here yet because they hadn't started the process of building the house. I was like, so do you care if we uh, record in here? They said, yeah. And so for a month we had a studio house project. It was, Oh, that's just literally what it was. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Hey, that's like, that's cool, man. Right. Right. And so, (laughs) and so 
What's funny too is that we finished recording there and my parents didn't move into the home ever. They were just like, this is pointless. Let's just, and they sold it. They just got rid of the house. So like that, the whole purpose of that home, whenever it was owned by us or whatever was for that album. And so we, yeah, we stuck with that name and just cause it was literally a studio house project. And then uh, we, yeah, we released an album, we started playing more we started really actually like playing gigs like probably in july of last year or so um so wait did y'all form was this during covid you guys formed or was it as a result of covid you guys got together pre-covid pre-covid okay now the live stuff that was yeah i mean i guess technically that was during not not like during the like the onset of covid but like recently like last year uh it was kind of it was unconventional because like we started recording we didn't start playing as a band as a matter of fact we did we did track for track like we didn't do live recording any of that stuff until like very recently so did you Um, come in with songs like you guys already had songs written ready to go yeah oh wow yeah Yeah, that is that's that's certainly different i'm i'm in a process of, of learning how to be in a band again in my late thirties. And the last time I was in a band was in my early twenties. So yeah, I'm basically relearning how to do this all over again. And our process so far has been, he's got songs on an album. He's rebuilding a band. We need to learn these originals and a few covers, but we, we got to jam it out before we're even ready to go record. So yeah, recording first, That's the best way to do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the good way to do recording it. Recording first is lesson. definitely different. I would say uh, <laughs> a lot of, uh, learning personalities trying to mesh that out in a studio situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we, it was interesting because once again, like I was 19, most everybody like on that first album i was 19 most everybody that touched it was 19 or 20 uh and yeah like it was it was it was an interesting project it was probably one of the most adverse like uh i don't know if that's the right word it was it was was tense it was a very very tense thing i hear you i hear you because we weren't really a band it was kind of just a group of guys and a couple couple gals too that we were just like let's just like because they, since they were jazz musicians a lot of the time i would just be like i'm gonna click record and just solo just solo and they would do it and it would sound good sometimes so i'd just be like okay we're, we're set yeah um but it wasn't until recently that we we started uh recording our second album and then we've been doing shows for like almost a year like kind of coming up on a year now and so now we've like uh I don't know. We hit a point where it was like, okay, we're actually taking this seriously now. We're playing as a band. Kind of everyone's opinions are coming in. Uh, like at first, it definitely was me just like, here are my songs, make them, you know, bring them to life. And uh, I'll tell you if I like it or not. But so who are the, now, who are also, who are, the, or do you have a, an actual, this is the band, or do you just set up a gig and then you hire the players as needed? Or how's this all work? So th- there's a band now. Uh, yeah, there's a band now. I, once again, at a time, it was kind of just a community of us. But now it's uh, we. It's me. Uh, we've got man, yeah, Brennan on the trumpet, a guy named Daniel Chang on keys and synth. Um, Mikey Williams is the drummer. Seth Cross plays the trombone. Uh, Sarah Thompson plays the flute. And Kyle Mutri plays the guitar. Myself on guitar and vocals. And then we've got a backup vocalist named Danny. Okay, cool. And we all kind of, we, we, we kind of switch things up. Like, I mean, I play bass from time to time. Some of the other guys play bass. That's our, that's our big, uh, 
our big uh, missing piece right now is a bass player. Uh yeah, the the ever elusive bass players. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> where bass- are they? <laughs> where they're, the hell are they they're around man they're 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 like uh they're quiet people yeah i mean i don't know i'm a guitar player and i've had people even in my current band they're, they're like man you're the quietest guy i've ever met in my life and i'm like maybe that's how you find them you go in bars and you find the quietest person like, hey do you, yeah, you look bass? in the corner is and you like... play bass and the person's like yeah actually yes we uh, smell our yeah. own man we can it was just if we can get over the <laughs> rippling anxiety of walking up to some stranger in public, you can meet musicians. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. No, I've been, yeah. We, you know, what's funny too, is that we actually, uh, we, I have two, there's two guys that I know that play bass and both of them are very good, but they're just, it's like once someone finds a bass player, that's they're gone. They're yep. taken. They're yep. in a band. You know what I mean? So. Well, it seems like, I mean, I'm a guitar player and I know firsthand that, you know, guitar players are a dime a dozen. Everybody plays guitar. Right. But right. not everybody plays guitar and has a something that stands out. Sure. A lot of people just hit those chords, and as long as they stay on the beat, they're happy with that. And, yeah. I mean, you can get gigs doing that. but Yeah, you tend to find, like, I mean, I don't know if this, this, this isn't always the case, but, like, I always find that the people that are really worth something on the guitar, it's they've been playing for like 10 years or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's something, there's something to be said about someone that learned guitar at like that, that like age gap of like five to like 18. Like if they, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I started at 14 and, and honestly, by the time I started, a lot of my peers were already playing like Van Halen. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh, a, a dear friend of ours with the show, uh, Perseus, the band Perseus, uh, Chris Gomez is a guitar player for them. I, and honestly, he, we would go back to high school together and he was one of the first guitar players I ever actually saw rip those licks at like a backyard party. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Some people's brains are wired differently too. Like that Brent, you know, Brennan, the guy that I started this band with, he didn't, he didn't play trumpet until or he he played trumpet but he didn't take that like really seriously until like later on in high school uh and he was a guitar player and he would just like yeah like rip licks (laughs) like that out of nowhere i was like how long have you been playing oh shit i've been playing for three years or whatever whatever was it sophomore year high school like you just ripped a yeah yeah I'm over here like Zeppelin link trying here. to do Wonder Wall like every other douchebag and yeah. he's over there ripping like Hot for Teacher fuck <laughs> we're doing chords <laughs> <laughs> well um as far as when you put uh, oh, let me try to think how do I put on the backdrop of COVID releasing an album and trying to book gigs um what was your experience with with trying to navigate that whole mess um if you put this album out right in the middle of all that i mean a lot of a lot of bands the only way they are able to fund an album is to play gigs oh were you able to book any or (laughs) there wasn't there wasn't money there was not any sort of money (laughs) at all for for i mean it still is pretty like i mean here's the thing we're we are a like in the simplest of terms, we we recorded an album before COVID. We dropped an album before COVID, and then I want to say, yeah, I want to say it was like two months after our album dropped because it was December, um, December of 2020, I think. Whatever the December before that February March COVID like amp up, yeah, it was right before that. And so, but once again, we hadn't, we hadn't, we weren't even really a band. It was still kind of just like 
a group, the same group of people that we all, we knew, we knew we liked what we were doing. We liked the sound and stuff and where it was heading, but we weren't really a band. We didn't really start playing together until uh, this like July of 2021 and getting gigs. uh, I mean, it, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't easy. You know, it's, it's like, I can, I can blame it on COVID, but you can also just blame it on the fact, like, if people don't know that you're good, they're not going to book. Like, I mean, I've I've been talking, I've been meeting more and more people in Tulsa, and there's kind of a, like, there's the, there's the open mic circuit, there's just, I mean, people that are getting gigs, but they're not getting paid a ton, and, like, a lot of musicians around town, and sometimes I hear people talk about, like, how they're upset about not getting gigs, and... I had I don't ever tell them this, but I'm like, man, make better music. I don't know what to tell you. Like that's <laughs> seriously because it's like you can't just get it. Get like I I play the acoustic guitar and I have fun playing the acoustic guitar and that's great and all, but I'm not gonna get five hundred dollars to play the acoustic guitar. I have to find other people like a bass player, yeah. <laughs> like the things that there's missing pieces that have to be had. You know. Well, that's and one. So, that is one thing. Um, me and Jonathan have really talked about as far as once we grow this thing because he he runs a company called more bands media and i'm starting a company called uh 13th step tone solutions and one of our biggest gripes down here is artists talented just starting out whatever uh with the issue of getting fucked over by promoters or venue owners or yeah getting shorted on stuff that was previously agreed on i mean i I get it if you agree to play a show for free to get the eyeballs looking at you is one thing but when you're if you're going to call yourself a promoter putting on a music festival i'm not going to name it yet until i get to yeah yeah. more bottom end to see what's going on but you're not getting my respect if you can't afford to pay your fucking talent sorry sure yeah 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 there should be well, and I think there is kind of a, for lack of a better term, like an uprising with artists. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I seem to start looking for gigs and uh, working with other musicians, trying to get gigs when there's been like I don't know. Like I, I've got a, I've got, I know someone that works um, in booking. I know a few people that work in booking for like other places and other organizations, and they, they have kind of talked to me a little bit about like I think there's a bit of like some sort of collective pushback from artists right now, trying to get uh, more money for gigs. Yeah. We're trying to lead it. Well, and then, uh, then (laughs) uh, all the books and everything say that the percentages of an artist manager is like of everything you make. And I'm sitting there going like, you would think that, that at some point you made enough money that you would be like, you know, maybe the artists can keep all the mu- uh, all the money from their music. Right. You know, you get twenty percent of the like, door. Yeah, you know, like door and you merch, like those things. Money. Like leave them alone on their on their music. They made that. Uh, shit, yeah, you know? right, right. But but like yeah, uh, especially... somebody who came to me recently he was talking about was asking me questions about management. They were like, hey, like, do I need a manager when I'm doing photography? I was like, no. What you need is a press pass. I was like, mm. just get yourself a press pass. You can go into these venues. You can show them like your thing and you're part of the. Music. Right. But I'm like, right. but you need a press pass. You don't need trying to get a manager or work these bands unless directly because you got to pay and then that manager's got to pay like like they got to everybody pay gets they, paid everybody before gets you paid before the artist dude know, that's so. why i'm i'm pro pro build it from the ground up it's i mean this is this all goes hand in hand with like this label thing that we're trying to do because we of course like there's tons of there's tons of ins and outs about like the music industry at large like when it comes to like big big labels like sony and all that like i've i've you hear things about how they run their business and how the money exchanges and the percentages and all that stuff works. And it's like inherently, if you, 
which not everyone, not every musician is like going to know this because they're not, they don't have a brain to think like about percentages and money and contracts and all that stuff. But like the stuff that you see, you hear, and I'm like, that's sad. Like you can't, don't sign that, but just do it. Do If you hustle hard enough, you'll get a lot of the things that you, that you, uh, you know, want. And that's the, once again, that's kind of why we've been trying to do this whole label thing. Um, and it's still, I don't, you know, I don't want to say too much because it's still kind of, we're still building it, making connections and whatnot. But same, like, same here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, I totally agree though. Like all the, all the percentages of like the door and merchandise and all that stuff. To me, it's just like if, if, if revenue or whatever it is is directly correlated to a band or an artist, let them take it. Like yeah. if it's definitely because of what they're doing, like, you know, let them take it. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to go to a ton of different people. Like, uh, I mean, I, I think of it this way. If you're running a large for small and you're a small operator and you're charging them a, and they get to keep everything, you still made a ton of fucking money. There's no reason to, to, to fuck them that when you're starting out, it, it's definitely, you got to know those rules though. You got to know the, cause you're going to run in, you know, like yeah. in, in, in the, in the, uh, was it Paul, his last name, but the guy that writes all the books, Paul Allen, uh, writes a lot of books on music. He talks a lot about, about that, that idea that like there's a percentage at the door and things like that. Uh, uh, artists like Hendrix, the, the, um, the guy that ran, he, um, he dedicated his entire studio, but he also took 35%. Fuck that man. So, yeah. I mean, he fucked that man out of so much money, but like, but he, wow. but he, but he gave all of his dedication, his, his entire investment. The downfall to that was, was that his entire investment was Hendrix. So whenever Hendrix died, he ended up falling into a deep situation where like his life kind of went downhill and ended up dying in a heart attack. But like it was, but it was all related to the fact that he put his, all his eggs in that one basket. Huh. And, and it's because he was taking so much money from him drying up. He had sure. no income coming in. I, I would not call myself or even present myself as a manager or a promoter or a booker of any kind if the deal that I have on the table is I can't afford to pay my talent. Like, fuck you. Like, you you don't need to be doing this if that's your business model. And that's, yeah. that's again, <clears throat> with certain music festivals, what we're hearing from artists, um, uh, that's fucking disgusting. And uh, um, as an... Uh, Especially I, if it's coming from the top. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing. Yes. Like, we're, we're, if you're starting with... If you're starting on the ground with the artists, it's different because you're, you're homies. True. You know? To a point, but even at to that extent, point, uh, your, your goal should be, all right, now how quickly can we at least... Because they don't run on hopes and dreams, you know? Gear costs right. money. <laughs> you know? Right. Lights. Yeah, seriously. Putting on a show, backdrops, management, all that stuff yeah. costs money. And so when, uh, when I have... When you see a promoter who understands that, tell the talent, we're not paying you, knowing that they're making money off of that sh- Yeah, That's fucking disgusting. It's the same thing that in uh, Colorado, whenever I worked at Live Nation, um, I used to help out a group called Got Base, and, um, and they used to do a lot of the EDM stuff, and um, I shouldn't. So. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, like, um, and... In Denver, like there was a, they got bass music, but what they would do is they would just like hit up these photographers and they'd be like, oh yeah, you want to build your portfolio, come out here, take photos of this show and stuff. My buddy, he ended up taking like $1,500, $200,000 camera into a venue and he's sitting there taking all these photos and stuff, getting drunk because they're giving him free drinks and he's almost destroying his camera. 
And then he turns around and like, and they like, oh, we're going to sign you up to Decadence, which is like one of the biggest large CDM in America. And so he goes to Red Rocks and does Decadence, and they used all of his photos in like the dimmer pose and all these different things. And he came back and he goes, so am I going to get paid for that? And they were like, oh no, that's because we we own all your photos and we gave them. And so Jeez. they made money, but he didn't make shit. And they were like, but hey, you built your portfolio, right? Like, and so he ended up leaving that. But it was like. That only works once. It's like, yeah, it only works once, and then they do it again. <laughs> yeah. Someone else, they do it again, and they just keep on sucker, you know, born a day. Like, they just go grab another one, and they do that do, all those companies. I do think that there is, like, and this is coming from 23-year-old me, like, I, I think there is a bit of a yin and yang when it comes to the, the money stuff. Like, I think there is, like, exa- like, everything that we've been saying, there's, like, a certain right to the things that you have worked for, but... I, but you meet a lot of, I meet a lot of musicians too that don't work for it. That's another thing. Like I, I, and that's, that's, that's the one thing. It's kind of a weird balance that I've found myself. Like I get irritated with people on both sides of things. Cause I'm like, you want money, but you are not doing anything. To get it. Like you're doing nothing to get it. Or you're, you know, you're working your ass off, uh, ask for some more money, you know, like it's, right. it's an interesting thing. And it's, or you're I not doing it's, shit and you're raking in all this dough. What's the secret, yeah, right. man? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I what those people are doing. Cause yeah. I got, friends that do TikToks. Out. I got friends that do TikToks and make a ton of money. Oh and I'm like, God. how the fuck are you doing that? Because I need to know how to do what you're doing. TikTok is in. I don't know Apparently. how to use it. I, I don't. <laughs> right? That's, that's honestly, you talk about shit. yin and yang. That's that's the difference between me and Jonathan. And, and our heads is is he 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 can get the digital stuff. Me, uh, I, I'm I'm. I'm analog. If it's not directly in front of me, <laughs> I, I just I lose. Here's track my problem. It. I know how to do all the digital shit, but I don't know how to make money off of it, which is weird because I always yeah. struggle whenever it comes to the money part. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to set this up to make money. I don't. <laughs> Other than if we start advertising, which I, I told him, I was like, I don't want to be that guy that's doing reads on a podcast every single episode, going, going, hey, you should drink this protein. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't see that as <laughs> yeah. a legitimate way to make a living. I would rather be like, hey, go down to good. Guitar exchange, you know, buy a guitar from them because they're a cool company. Like that's what I just, would rather do. I, listen, just find a product that you like and then reach out to them until you're annoying them. That's it, basically. Like, we, we said darts. We'll, we said we'll do yeah, reads. I'm, that's what I would do. We'll do the reads if it's something that like we fit. We literally have on the table in front of us and we use yeah. it. But yeah. I don't know. That's it's uh it's learning man uh, we're, we're we're learning how to do this on the podcast into things and the, the the digital landscape just is a new way of you know promoting yourself it can go yeah. both ways and go be good or 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 it can be bad this is cool this is like i mean this is definitely for promotional purposes this is like a huge deal like i mean i'm i'm glad you guys i found you guys i was like all right this is awesome like just because podcasts are you know obviously like a huge medium for you know i mean I mean, just promotional purposes in general. So, well, the biggest thing we we decided to is is how can we bring something that's not really being done? And so he he ran through a list of these podcasts. Nobody's doing quite what we're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's people that have a podcast where they'll have the artist on and they'll play a song, but they're not devoted strictly to music or local music at that. And mm-hmm. um, so that's really our goal is to build a network starting in Oklahoma and going radius outward from so far. Right. We've, we've made some connections across the country, surprisingly. So it's, it's always good to hear feedback from musicians because they understand what we're doing. Yeah. The people that maybe don't play music or are maybe just people that casually understand it or go check it out. 
maybe they'll they'll trickle in as but sure. content's king in this world man you have to put stuff out and you have to be consistent if you're not mm-hmm. you'll get buried right yeah. i guess it's that way with anything really <laughs> well what's the name of the uh does the new album out yet or no. are you still working no. on it still working on it we're still like i mean we we're playing a lot this next month and probably gonna end up playing a lot this year i think we're the when we started recording the the second album it was uh it was a lot of kind of just laying laying the groundworks figuring out things and uh how we're gonna do things um, what's the name of the first album first album just self-titled it's just okay. studio house project second album to be determined okay we gotta that's like honestly it's my Oddly enough, I can write I can write a decent song, but I can't name anything worth a shit. I hate naming things. <laughs> Words escape me, man. <laughs> yes, because uh, yeah, like yeah, no single line in a song is ever good enough for some reason. Like, nah, it's not. Just name it something else. Name it song one or something. Well, if if we were to cut in some tunes, um, are they on Spotify? Are you guys on Spotify? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what to introduce people? Like, what would be the song you would break out to introduce people to the to the band um i would say um house of praise it's our last single uh that's a pretty good pretty good example of us and then uh red shingles is also uh that's the first song on our first album i think that's a pretty good introduction to us as well um the album is definitely like it feels like an album whereas the house of praise is a single so it's not um in the vein of all the, you know, it's, it's its own thing. Uh, I was going to ask, like, uh, when you approach an album or a project, you're going in the studio. Um, do you look at making an album or do you look at making a song that we can put in an album? Um, I'll, let me clarify that a little more. Cause there's a band out in California that I'm a huge fan of. And they told me that their strategy has kind of changed because because of covid and just the way people consume music is now their focus is on like a single we're going to release a single Mm -hmm. and then we'll do another single and then like at the end of that year we'll put all those singles we released on an album at least that sure and just their their strategy is just the way that people consume music is mostly that's the way it is now and people don't go buy an album so it's hard to cough up that kind of money to press all these albums and cds that people aren't gonna buy unless they come to your show and buy it off your merch table yeah we uh i think there's somewhat of a natural leaning of like we're creating an album ultimately um like i i've you know i'm writing songs constantly so there's just kind of a catalog of of tunes that we can try to pull from and then uh I don't know. I think it naturally just becomes an album because we, we gathered in one period of time to create, you know, however many songs. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, we definitely, we definitely think in terms of album, like as opposed to singles, don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we, st- we still try to keep somewhat of a business mindset of like, let's make sure. this the, the sure. hit. Like, can we make this the hit? Let's, let's do these things and let's, let's help jump through these hoops to try to make this the song that like, is going to be the hit or whatever, but we, but I don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't have the conversation really. It's, it's kind of just a natural way of things. Uh, You know, when you get everyone in a room for however many days at one period of time, things do kind of naturally fuse into like a singular product. Uh, I think it would be different if we gathered like different times for different songs. We will uh, play those two singles. We got house of praise and red shingles.
please stay away Don't know when you got it, don't know what to do It's best that we talk about it, but don't panic when you do The help is all on the way, but Betray us But they don't know when they got it Don't know what to do Better start talking about it Cause it's coming for you Control wolves, their brains Never known how good you got enough Think you can for your family's sake But we won't talk about it You can just visit the house of praise But it may be closed Stay home
All right. So, um, name of the album, first album, Studio House Project. Um, yes. So, uh, not to push or anything, but do you have like a time, you know, spring, summer, fall, whatever, you're kind of wanting to drop this new one or? I, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I would like to get it out by the end of this year. Um, but, you know, once again, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of factors to be had. Um, I mean, we we are a band of I think, technically seven seven people, so there there's there's some work to be done still. Um, I'll say this: it's going to be good. I'm actually like really excited about it. Um, we've kind of figured out just a, a certain chemistry with everybody that that has worked. And honestly, right now, I mean, I'm not too concerned about it just yet, just because we are finding a groove with live performance that we've never had. And so that feels, honestly, that feels better than getting a product done right now. Like, I think we all, like tonight we, we have a show. Uh, we're only playing for an hour because at a festival. But, um, we, we like put, we've been kind of putting these songs together, a couple covers, we do a couple covers too. Um, but we kind of realized like in one of our last rehearsals, we were like, damn, like we we've got something this is kind of this is a new feeling we actually sound good because it takes time you know what i mean like we, oh, yeah. once again we've only been playing live for like a little less than a year and so it was a lot of like we're getting there we're getting there you know a lot of those kind of talks that that live that live groove is definitely like a studio can be very sterile you're playing the same sure. part 10 12 15 100 times just to get it perfect right. <clears throat> and in a live section it's like well i hope you nail it because if you fuck up we ain't stopping <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, well it's there's, a, there's that element of like, oh that went wrong. All right, fuck oh, it. Well. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> in the studio it's like, no I, you know, you gotta be way more anal about stuff in the studio and it's yeah. Nature of the beast. Yeah. But probably by the end of the year, knock on wood, uh probably by the end of the year. That's when that's when we're gonna have it out. Well cool, man. Maybe we'll um Holler at you and catch back up when you got an album release. We can help you push that there, man. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to come back on. Um, I'm about ready to wrap this up. I guess. Uh, is there any other players, uh, producers, any anybody that you'd like to give a shout out for? We can kind of tag on the episode when it drops. Trying to think. I mean, there's plenty of people. I got I you, you guys. Some... I got. I got you, uh, Brennan, Daniel, Mike, Seth, Kyle, and there was a woman that played yeah, flute. Danny. Sarah plays flute. Sarah. Danny is our vocalist or other vocalist. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the studio uh, that is studio house project right now. We got a kid that. And this is kind of a funny story. I'll, I'll go ahead and give one shout out to somebody. We we had a whole uh, plan for someone to come and produce our album whenever we were going to record it, and then we had a another friend that's still in school right now that or that's in uh, college that's wanting to get into music production too. Well, the producer got sick and he got like really sick, uh, but he still let us use all of his equipment. And and we didn't know how sick he was until the day that we were going to record, start recording this album. We had like a whole retreat and all this stuff planned. And so I called the guy that was going to help him who's in college. And I said, Hey, you're, you're going to produce our album. <laughs> and like, we're just going to give you this equipment. So Devin Conaway <laughs> is his name. Shout out okay. to Devin. He, he's the one that has been, mixing our stuff as of lately we literally just threw him threw him all of this work all at once and yeah so he's he's a good kid we, <laughs> good kid he's like a couple years younger. thank thank goodness he he helped us no but we there's plenty of people that that we can uh 
I can give you a list of people that are kind of coming up in Tulsa that might want some exposure as well. Oh man. Yeah. We, uh, we've, we've kind of worked out this remote thing. Um, we did, a our very, very first remote episode was with a friend of ours in a band called them evils out of California. Okay. And uh, I built them a guitar and we had him on and that was kind of our big test. We've had another from Pittsburgh. We've done Indiana. So I think Tulsa within the state of Oklahoma, we can, <clears throat> set up pretty easily and uh yeah absolutely man um give us give us some names of some artists in tulsa and we would be happy to start getting some exposure to them man that's something we're trying to do is build this whole thing up now is the business that you're trying to start is it a guitar building thing what 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 is the business no, that you're trying well to start? i mean i can work on them i'm an electronics technician Okay. By trade, that's what I went to school for. Um, gotcha. But I, I started building guitars thinking that'd be something I'd want to do. And just kind of figured after it was all said and done, it's not really something I like. Uh, yeah. I enjoy playing guitar, and I don't want to ever really hate the guitar. So in an effort to not hate the guitar, I probably shouldn't build them. It's, right. it's just a different it's a different thing, and I don't really enjoy it. But I do like building amps, man. I'll go crazy on some pedals and amps. Really? Oh yeah, that's that's cool. Definitely a lot more fun. And honestly, and, you're you're that's a breed of, of person that's even harder to find than than a bass player, like, <laughs> someone that works on like the mechanics oh, of an instrument. And then, like, it happens all the stuff. time. People are like, "Hey, like your your buddy that does the podcast with you, he works on equipment, right?" I'm like, right. "Yeah, I mean, <laughs> kinda." Like, what's his phone number? He yeah. can. <laughs> just like, doesn't he can. Mean he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah can do a lot of things right <laughs> it's a matter of want well carter man i uh, appreciate you coming on man and um we would definitely uh like to reach out more for tulsa artists and uh get some exposure to you guys up there just same as our guys down here man um um do you have any merch or artwork or anything send it to us we can post it up on our on our socials cool yeah, and get cool, that cool. stuff yeah, out there we're too. selling tees we're selling t-shirts right now so cool man well thanks for sitting down talking to us man we appreciate it yeah thanks for having me on all right we'll talk to you later man